again my friends to another episode of the global gale podcast my name is philip o'connor and we are in those dark and delightful days in northern europe at any rate between christmas and new year i hope you're in your most comfortable of trousers you're probably more turkey and chocolate than human being at this stage and uh, i hope you're enjoying it there'll be another few days that we can squeeze out of it yet but i'm briefly dropping in lads before the end of the year to let you know that we have published our list of the five Global Gale Awards for 2023 and I thought I might go through them here because it's actually been a lovely day since the notice went up and the press release went out and everything went up on the website earlier on today and it's been delightful altogether. To give you a little bit of background lads, we started this podcast maybe a year, year and a half ago with the idea that there's no such thing as an ordinary Irish person abroad. And I think that if you've been listening to this podcast for long enough, you'll realise that every week we kind of prove that right here. We've had some absolutely amazing people on uh, with just the most remarkable things that they're doing in terms of art, in terms of sport, in terms of community. And it struck us now, there's a little, a small but growing team, if you will, who work with this podcast every week. There's myself and there's Ant and there's Molly and there's a few others around the world who help me push out the podcast. And then there's an advisory group of people in Australia and in Dubai and in America and they give me a little bit of feedback and try to keep me on the right path and we sort of came up with the idea uh, just in the autumn time there that we would like to sort of lift the profile uh, of Irish people abroad and of what some Irish people are doing abroad and we thought Jesus there's nothing really in terms of you know the Brits would have had uh, or at least they will have their New Year's honours list where the king or the queen or whatever the hell they have at the moment will be doling out honours to beat the band and the MBEs and OBEs and all that kind of thing we don't have that in Ireland we don't have any knights or lords or any of that kind of crack but we can always give a, somebody a trophy and say look at you did fantastic this year. You represented us. You represented me. You represented our community or the community that you live in a brilliant way. So we thought that we would do those things. And we came up with five awards, right? There was Athlete of the Year. There was Book of the Year. There was Album of the Year. There was Person of the Year. And there was Community Organization of the Year. Now, Obviously, some of this has to do with episodes of the podcast that we've already done, because these are the people we're talking to, they're the people we're aware of, but we aren't as green as we are cabbage-looking lads, and uh, we put out the word on social media, we got a great response. Uh, all sorts of books, uh, Dave Rooney's book, Journey Through Anxiety, that was nominated. Uh, the book The Gilligan Tapes was nominated as well. Got a whole heap of nominations on the book front. Not as many on the music front, but we still got an awful lot because, Jesus, if there's anything people love, it's Irish music. So we got quite a few different nominations there, but a lot for the eventual winner. So what I was going to do on this little short podcast now is just to go through what the jury's motivations were. So what we did was uh, we asked for all those nominations, right? And once we had them then, we put together a little bit of a jury and we got together over Zoom and we had a bit of a discussion about who should get what, right? And uh, it was a good old chat, I have to say. Uh, I thought a few people would be shoe-ins for various different things. They didn't turn out to be that way at all. Just goes to show what I know. But it was fascinating as well to hear uh, the different perspectives from around the world. And in some places, people hadn't heard or paid attention to whatever it was we were talking about. And in other cases, they battled very, very strongly for things that they thought were good and right with these people in this world. So um, 
I was then given the task of writing motivations for each one based on the discussions that we had. And that's kind of what I'm going to bring to you today and maybe a few little thoughts besides. Let us start with the first one that appears on the website. The website isn't used for much, lads, right? It's mostly just a repository of the episodes. You'll find it on globalgalepod.com. But we stuck up a page. Uh, if you put in globalgale.com forward slash awards, A-W-A-R-D-S, you will find these motivations there word for word, right? The first one up, Athlete of the Year for 2023, Katie McCabe, Republic of Ireland captain and uh, left winger, left fullback for Arsenal. And the jury's uh, motivation was as follows. It may seem unusual to single out an individual in a team sport like soccer, but Katie McKay's performances for Arsenal, and in particular the Republic of Ireland, left the jury no choice as she transcended the sport in 2023. Her poise, skill and desire to succeed on and off the field made her the outstanding Irish Athlete of the Year and the way she led our country at our first Women's World Cup Finals was exemplary, even netting our first goal at that tournament. Katie is the best of us, a fitting role model to every Irish person at home and abroad. That was the summation of what the jury had to say about Katie McCabe from Kilnamana. Been in London a long time now, a good few years now playing football for Arsenal there. Really came into her own this year. And there was a few other great suggestions. One of which I'd like to pick up was our own Emma Finney here in Stockholm who played Gaelic football and camogie for the Stockholm Gales. Really quiet, shy girl. Absolute demon when she gets on the field, lads. But uh, she was tremendous altogether all year and instrumental in the success that the Gales of the Gales had up here in a sort of a bounce back season for them. And of course, you know, they were brilliant in terms of getting camogie up and running here in Sweden and that will continue. So an honourable mention for her. Katie Taylor is always going to be, all she has to do is lace up a pair of gloves, lads. And I going to have her pretty near the top of my list for every year so it was really between Katie McCabe and Katie Taylor but and this was a, a lot to do with the Australian representatives that we had in the jury we're sort of pushing for the fact going look at lads we just we, we have to take Katie McCabe this time around and it's very well deserved I met her there the day literally minutes after she was told that she had been nominated for the Ballon d'Or which is the golden ball the prize for the best footballer uh, in the world goes to one man and one woman and Katie was among around 25 nominees on the shortlist and that alone when you think of the World Cup year and the standard of player and where women's soccer has gone was just a tremendous achievement altogether so we were absolutely delighted to have her as the winner of our first athlete of the year at the Global Gale Awards next up upon the list goes to another London resident if you don't mind and that was Joe O'Neill from County Kildare formerly of the parish of Stockholm but now living in London and he was given the award of Person of the Year for his work with the Irish Creative Collective in London. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, this probably won't come as any surprise to you because I was over in London in October specifically to visit Joe and the Irish Creative Collective in London. So if you scroll back over your Spotify or your SoundCloud or your Apple podcast feed there, you'll find the podcast that we made at one of those events. And Joe was just so beloved and rightly so because of what he does for his community, right? And it's a Amazing. Uh, I don't know, Joe will probably go mad at this because it'll sound very amateur in his well-trained actor ears, right? But his character arc has been tremendous, right? The character arc is how somebody develops over time. And he landed up here in Stockholm as a young fellow looking to do things. His brother had lived over here and he was kind of trying to work out what he wanted to do. And I went, nah, I'm going to go to London. But I like to think that somewhere along the way he saw how the Swedish-Irish community is constructed and thought, I'll have some of that. I'll bring that with me. But what he has done for young, in particular young Irish creators, 
but just Irish creative people in general in London is tremendous. He's just a rock and he's putting together gigs and he's going, yeah, of course you can come and do a few minutes of stand-up. Of course you can come and play with your band or you can perform musical theatre or, you know, you can perform an act from your one-act play or your three-act play, which is currently under construction. Yeah, absolutely. We have an audience here. We have contacts here. We have people we can put you in touch with. He's putting people out on social media, bigging them up, emceeing the events, pulling points the night I was there because the barman didn't show up. And the more I spoke to people and the more after the podcast I spoke to people and the more I spoke to the team on the podcast, we just thought that there's so many brilliant Irish people out there doing so many brilliant things and a lot of them will get great credit for it and they'll get you know funding from the Emigrant Support Programme and everything else like that. Joe gets very, very little and the least that we can give him is the credit he deserves for the wonderful work he does with the Irish Creative Collective in London. With that in mind, the jury's motivation was thus. Joe's work with the Irish Creative Collective has showcased a generosity of spirit that is as great as his talents as an actor, writer and comedian. The way he helps and supports young Irish people in London, organising events and creating networks and opportunities for them, often sacrificing the development of his own career in the process, is a continuous act of genuine love and kindness and well worthy of recognition. Like Katie and all our other winners, Joe is a role model who deserves all our gratitude and support. Now, let's tell you how the sausage is made, lads. You can't just go giving people awards and they wake up this morning and you're tagging them on Instagram and they go, what the fucking hell is all this about, right? So I did tell certain people, uh, obviously I told the five winners before we put that on, I was in contact with Arsenal Football Club, Dan there, lovely fella, uh, had, and himself and his staff there had passed on the message to Katie McCabe that she had won. And then I contacted Joe, and first I contacted Joe to, to tell him to, get, to hold a date for me because I'm going to be going to London again in March. Um... And the next thing then, like yesterday, I kind of had to tell him that he had won the award. And Joe was delighted and very grateful. And it was a beautiful, heartfelt, honest and open response that I got from Joe. At the same time, as I think it's so well deserved that Joe would... I would have had no problem whatsoever if Joe said to me, damn right I got this award. I absolutely deserve this award. And he truly, truly does. But of course, that's not the kind of guy that Joe is. He's a most uh, modest and decent fella. And I really hope sometimes we look at people in our community these lads and we think sure they're grand they, aren't they doing all this stuff for other people and they'd never do they, you know they wouldn't be able to do all that stuff for other people if they weren't sorted out in their in their own way and kind of going has anybody ever asked joe that has anybody ever said joe do, do you need you know a, a hand getting into an audition or getting one of your scripts read or you know do you need a, a paid gig mc and are doing stand-up yourself or that kind of thing so when we do look up to people in our community and when we do have them as role models let's not take for granted that they're getting all that they want out of this life and that their career is on the path that they deserve just because they do more so much for the rest of us so if you do want and go on for joe feel free to get in touch with them now, another one of those things that sprung out of the conversations I had in London last October was it how many Irish organisations there are in England who are helping our community there. And it's not surprising because... Probably the most mature Irish communities abroad, you're going to find them in Great Britain, lads, and you're going to find them in America, simply because we've been going there for hundreds of years, right? A few years ago, there was only about five Irish fellas in Dubai, and they all knew one another, right? That's all changed now. And to a certain extent, it was the same with Australia, right? We had people who moved there to there, New Zealand and that, right? But the communities weren't huge. 
And in many times they were doing pretty well anyway, so they didn't need a vast amount of support or a vast amount of different community organisations. But in the UK, and certainly in America, they did. And through the visits that I made there, you know, when you talk to one Irish community organisation, because they all sort of talk to one another, they all have, uh, you know, contact with one another. And when you talk to one community organisation, they're brilliant at hooking one another up. And they go, oh yeah, you should talk to this chap in Leeds, or you should talk to this girl in Sheffield, or you should talk to this fella in Manchester. And that was how we came to decide the community organisation of the year for 2023. And that award, the Global Gale Award for the Community Organisation of the Year for 2023, went to Freya in Manchester, right? Now, if you scroll back again through your feed, you'll note that I talked to Patrick Rogers from that very organisation. I talked to Leeds Helping, uh, Leeds Leeds Irish uh, Homes and Health, I think it was called as well. Uh, So I spoke to a lot of these organisations, but when I dug into what Freya are doing in the north of England, I was absolutely blown away. And this is from talking to the organisation themselves on that podcast with Patrick Rogers, who spoke about growing up in London and ended up in Manchester and working as a volunteer first in the London Irish Centre and then continuing his voluntary work. And now, I think he's actually CEO there of Freya. And another man who was absolutely delighted to receive this award, because again, they would get a little bit of support from the Emigrant Support Programme and that. But in terms of getting credit, I think this is why these awards are going to be pretty important. You know, it's, it's actually, you know, pointing people out and saying, look, this is brilliant. What these people are doing are brilliant. Give them a pat on the back. And it's a great thing for them then as well to be able to say when the award finally arrives in the office at whatever point it does so, look, we did this together. And I think that gives great encouragement to people to keep going because it's not always easy when you're doing the kind of work that they're doing. What kind of work do they do, Phil? Well, as I said, supporting the Irish community in the north of England, but in particular this year, uh, and over the last little while, they have been working with people who have been through the mother and baby home system in Ireland. And that's one of those things that, you know, it's one of those great wrongs that has to be put right. And in fairness to the Irish state, it's trying to do so. Also, in fairness to the Irish state, they're not really doing a great job of it because the way they're deciding on how to pay out money to people who uh, had very damaging and traumatic experiences there doesn't seem great to me. Now, there are much better experts around in this field than what than what I am. But certainly when I look at it on the surface and how they sort of delineated and decided, okay, these people will get something and these people won't get anything at all. And most of it comes down to how long actually spent there it doesn't look very fair for, for me one person might have spent one day in there and been traumatized for the rest of their lives whereas another person might have spent six months in there and not been as traumatized now i'm not trying to uh, in any way make it seem smaller what it was that some people suffered or indeed make some people suffering seem bigger but i would say that one of the wealthiest countries in western europe we can probably afford to pay out the few bob that these people deserve for the trauma that they were put through from many of them being separated from their families and so on and so forth freya have done brilliantly in terms of reaching out to irish communities in the north of england and it's part of the reason they were on this podcast lads right was to reach people who maybe didn't know about the work that we're doing and what was available to them in terms of apologies in terms of justice, in terms of financial compensation or that kind of thing. And Patrick and his staff do a great job in reaching out to people and bringing them in and telling them, okay, these are the forms you have to fill in. These are the documents you have to have. These are the interviews you have to go through. These are, you know, this is the whole thing. And they will guide people through that process. And for many people, being through the mother and baby homes is something that they don't talk about. It's something that maybe they haven't talked about since they left. Uh, They might not have family or family support. They might not have birth certificates. They might not have the kind of things that you might need to even go about starting this process. But Freya are there in a very consistent and a very compassionate fashion to help people uh, get through that whole process and hopefully to get a little bit of comfort and a little bit of justice at the end of it. 
Uh, the jury's motivation for awarding them the prize is as follows. All over the world, Irish people have created organisations to support each other in their hours of need. And in 2023, Freya stood out among them for their work with the survivors of the mother and baby home system in the north of England. Many who were subjected to that system, one of the great stains in our collective history, emigrated and ended up in Britain, bearing a heavy burden of trauma on their journey, and it is estimated that up to 40% of those entitled to redress live in the United Kingdom. Freya's unquestioning commitment to supporting them, and to securing justice and recompense where possible, is deserving of the highest praise and gratitude from the global Irish community. Um, there's also something to be said about Freya, lads. It, um, I'm sure there are other places in the world who could probably benefit from reaching out to them. Uh, you might have people in Australia or New Zealand in particular. You'd certainly have people in America uh, or in Canada who have been through that system as well. So F-R-E Father A, right? The little uh, streck, uh, the little line over the, the E, the streck. Jesus, there's me being far too long in Scandinavia calling the Father a streck. But um, yeah, so F-R-E-A, uh, you'll find a Freya community, is uh, at Freya community on Twitter and you'll find it there on social media. Reach out to Patrick Rogers, tell him you're listening to the Global Gale podcast and that you'd like to know a little bit more about how maybe other community organisations around the world can help people who have been through that system and we can start putting a few wrong things right let us move on to the book of the year lads right the book of the year was one of those very no i wouldn't say it was contentious but uh, i think it was book and album of the year there was probably a lot of discussion around right and in part it sort of reflects the diversity of the kind of people that we are right because it's not just irish people living in ireland and emigrants i.e. those of us living abroad and who have done for a long time, right? We're now a sort of a really, uh, not an odd, but a very dynamic di- diaspora, right? Where people live in Ireland and then they live somewhere else and then they go back to Ireland and then maybe they stay in Ireland and they base themselves in Ireland, but they work all over the world. Um, also, you know, when it comes to them recounting their experiences, there can be a relevance for Irish people abroad, despite the fact that their time abroad may not have been as long as mine. I'm more than 24 years out of the country, uh, probably 26, 27 years in total, almost more than half my lifetime has been spent out of Ireland. Some people only spent a few months or a year or two outside of Ireland, and yet it's still something that's a big part of their story. The winner of the Global Gale Book of the Year Award for 2023 was written by Corkman Tighe Hickey. And it's a memoir, an autobiography called A Portrait of the Piss Artist as a Young Man, right? Um, Tyg, you will know, if you're on social media at all, you will know Tyg as a sort of shaven-headed cork man who does these brilliant three- and four-hand comedy videos, right? So he plays all the parts himself, writes most of them himself, occasionally gets a little bit of help with the filming and the direction and that, but these are very much Tyg's creations. But during the year, he wrote and published this book, A Portrait of the Piss Artist as a Young Man, and I found it absolutely remarkable because... Uh, when you're on social media and that kind of thing, you just go, oh yeah, well that's Ty the comedian lad, you know, so he's very funny, isn't he? Never knew the struggles that he had with alcohol and the experiences that he had with drugs and his own mental health and the issues, uh, you know, like how his family was was uh, was put together and his relationship with his mother and his father and his siblings and that kind of thing. And it was one of those books that somebody nominated and I went, yeah, of course this has to be considered because it also covers parts of Tyg's life when he was basically 
adrift trying to make it in London and in Edinburgh and I thought Jesus there's so many of us out there especially in the creative field where Joe O'Neill works and in journalism where I work uh, that have been through very very similar things to Tig you know so you go over to do the Edinburgh Festival or you go over to appear in a play in the West End and you think you have it made but the old uncertainties and the old demons uh, sort of follow you around the place and you wind up on the high stool or you wind up buying a little bag or something or other from some fella and that's you know you end up sort of self-sabotaging a lot and Tyg's book is essentially about that and what really stuck out right Tyg's a great writer he's just a fantastically descriptive writer as you would expect a comedy writer and performer to be great eye for the details great eye for for how to tell a story but loads of people can do that but they don't have the courage to be vulnerable in doing that and Tyg does and it's an absolutely extraordinary book of all the books that I read this year and I read an awful lot of books boys and girls this one I flew through it I couldn't put it down because I felt almost like the Tyg was in the room with me reading it to me right he was going right, look at here here's this story right didn't try to you know to big himself up didn't try to excuse any of the th- awful things that he's done and he's done a few awful things as well now we can have an awful lot of empathy for a chap who was in the situation there but he didn't try to you know to, to put lipstick on a pig or and like you know try to go oh yeah well poor me wasn't I the poor no there's none of that kind of thing at all there's no self-pity or anything in it and that's what makes it such a beautiful and a brilliant and a useful book for so many people and if you haven't heard of the book or if you haven't seen the bookshelves and you're in Dublin at the moment you can obviously you can get it online and you can get the audio book the Tyg reads himself which I also listen to as well because he's a lovely voice despite the Cork accent um, but if you're on the way to a Dublin airport in the coming days and that kind of thing and you see it's a blue cover with a picture of Tyg on it uh, a portrait of the piss artist as a young man it is definitely worth picking up and you know when, you, when you're done reading it'll pass it on to somebody else because I do think that's one of those books that you know there's a couple of books that I give out like postcards you know they're just books that about Irish politics and about Irish people and you usually have two or three of them at home and if you're talking to somebody who's visiting you or whatever you go okay there you go there's a copy of that and I fully guarantee Tyg's book is going to be one of those now when I get a few copies delivered or if I get to go to Eason's or Dubray Books or Waterstones in Dublin in the near future um as I said, there was a lot of discussion around the book of the year and there was a whole heap of them. Uh, I mentioned a couple of them earlier on there, the Gilligan Tapes and Dave Rooney's Journey Through Anxiety and so many brilliant books out there. And actually, it's one of those things that recurs now. We've had a few people on talking about books. I know we had Deji talking on uh, about the books about uh, the, the priest who started the school in Nigeria. He has like five books written about him. There's another man who has written a book that I'm trying to... I'm not going to say who it is just yet in case I don't get hold of him in the new year, but he has written a book about uh, the Irish construction workers in London and how they all had a plan to go home and very few of them actually made it. Uh, I, th- I think his name is Sean Dunn. I got to try to talk to him in the new year about that because the books, these books are going to be, you know, they're, they're you know, the cornerstones of our history as Irish communities abroad. Let me read for you the jury's motivation as to why Ty Hickey's A Portrait of the Piss Artist as a Young Man uh, was awarded Book of the Year 2023 in the Global Gale Awards. Like many Irish people, Tyke's career took him to Britain and beyond as he built a reputation as an actor, writer and comedian. But for years we did not know of his struggles with alcohol and addiction and the demons that caused them, hidden as they were behind the great characters he played and the comedy he created and performed. His brilliantly written memoir is a searing, brutally honest account of his battle to best those demons. Never once straying into self-pity or self-aggrandizement, Tyg's remarkable book shows us all that even in our darkest hours, redemption is there for all of us if we just have the courage to embrace it. 
as I say, get yourself uh, a copy of that book, if you will. We will move on to the next Arts and Culture uh, Award that we had. And again, this was another one of those that caused great uh, debate. Uh, the names of bands like Lancome were mentioned. Um, there was a load of different bands and artists, uh, Irish artists from around the world. And... The problem that we had really was, and this this discussion went on for ages, like, you know, because if you have a local musician, we'll take Martin Farrar, for instance, who lives in Doha in Qatar, was doing brilliant things there last year, and of course doing brilliant things there this year. Uh, but it was like just a little bit sort of, we kind of got ourselves, you know, a little bit niche, and it was like, you know, my local guy, the person in Dubai who knew about Martin Farrar in Doha was going, yeah, we should give this to Martin Farrar, whereas somebody else was recommending a, a New York musician or a Sydney musician, and I was going, lads, the unfortunate thing about that is that we don't all know them, you know. So on some level, we were looking for an Irish artist or an Irish band who would be known to everybody and still had an effect on the community this year, right? And there was an awful lot of head-scratching and, as I say, an awful lot of very good nominations. In the end, it went to our friends from Dundalk, the Mary Wallopers, right? Uh, The Mary Wallopers are a band that was set up. I think they sort of shot to prominence during the pandemic. Uh, And what really sort of stuck out about them was they did a tour of Northern Europe and a few of us were involved in making this podcast saw them when they came to Stockholm and when they were in uh, various I think they were in Norway as well and they were down in Denmark they were in Copenhagen and that. so there was a little bit of feedback around that about how like seeing the Dubliners or the Pogues for the first time it was when we saw this band abroad right and they're big words, lads, because the Dubliners went and they took over Germany in the late 60s and early 70s and they started this amazing boom in folk music that you'll still find in Germany today of lads playing banjos and fiddles and all sorts of crack, right, uh, with German accents and that. And indeed, it was actually a, a Swedish-German lad uh, called Dog who started uh, Quilty, a band who played with Andy Irvine here. They toured, I think they had their 40th anniversary tour back in the spring here in Sweden, right? So, you know, when and then when the Pogues did it as well, you had another sort of upswing in the kind of like Irish bands Jesus who was the Kelly family and you had the Corps and you had all sorts of others pulling in traditional Irish instruments and mixing it with pop music and the Pogues of course mixing it with punk the Mary Wallopers came from a really organic situation and it's one of those we asked to interview them in Stockholm and they couldn't make time for us unfortunately and we actually haven't got hold of them before we did tell them that we were going to make the awards but we didn't have any response from the band and I'm really hoping to get to them soon I think they were on the second Captain's podcast there actually before Christmas I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet either but yeah but we landed on their album uh, as album of the year Irish rock and roll if you hadn't heard the album it's a tremendous piece of work right because it's um, you never know that might be the Mary Wallopers texting me now no it's not it's actually Toy Hickey that's gas altogether Um, but yeah before we have a listen to Toy Hickey's voicemail right uh, the the Mary Wallopers album was brilliant because it was really like a lot of the, the Pogues albums or a lot of the Dubliners albums of old where they had their own compositions and where they had um, the songs that maybe hadn't been heard for an awful long time, right? Uh, Paddy on the Road is one they've done. Wexford by Pecker Dunn, the great uh, traveller banjo player and, and fiddler. Uh, incredible song to dig out of, of the uh, altogether. I hadn't heard it maybe in about 20, 30 years before they did. And the version they do of it is absolutely beautiful. Let me read for you the motivation, the jury's motivation for why they won the album of the year award right in another tremendous year for irish music the mary wallopers and their album irish rock and roll stood out for its eclectic and energetic brilliance as evidenced at the live gigs in europe in 2023 that brought great joy to irish people abroad the band has breathed new life into many great old songs some of which had gone unsung for many years and their own original compositions displayed a social awareness and a humour and compassion that is deeply rooted in our folk and ballad traditions 
In a year in which we lost beloved singers and songwriters such as Shane McGowan, Sinead O'Connor and Christy Dignam, the Wallopers ensured that the torch of our world-class musical culture still burns brightly. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The first five Global Gale Awards. We're very happy with ourselves in the office, I have to say. Uh, all the minions were sort of running away to their Christmas uh, celebrations, that kind of thing. I stayed here in Stockholm, but when everybody was disappearing off to the four corners of the world, uh, some back to Ireland, some were leaving where they live in Australia or in the Middle East or wherever and going home to Dublin. And I have to say, we were all delighted with ourselves when we had landed on these winners because we really do feel that it's very representative of what the modern Irish diaspora and the modern Irish person is, right? In terms of the art, the culture, how important the creative arts are to us, how important sport is to us, and how important community is to us. And perhaps most of all, and this goes back to the idea that there's no such thing as an ordinary Irish person abroad, right? It's the fact that building people up and giving people credit for what they do and saying, I see you, I like what you're doing, right? And that can be in many ways. It can be the way that Frey are doing it in, no- in the north of England there in terms of helping people. But it can also be in terms of supporting others who are making music and who are making art and who are doing stand-up and who are writing books and saying, yeah, of course I'll buy your book. Of course I'll come and see you do your stand-up. Of course I'll come to your play or uh, I'll listen to you on the radio or I'll listen to your podcast or I'll recommend it or that. Because really at the end of the day, that's what this podcast is about and that's what the Irish Abroad are all about. It is that sense of community. That is what we are trying to build because we know probably better than any people in the world that if we build that, it endures, right? It's almost like somebody comes along and goes, right, let's do these things now. And when they're done, they will abide. We know that there's, you know, if we start a Gaelic football club or if we start a trad session or if we write a book, that these things will continue to exist in some way forevermore, right? Tyg's book will be there. The work that, you know, loads of young people are going to look back on what Joe did. And hopefully when Joe is a Hollywood star himself and on the Walk of Fame in Kildare or wherever they happen to put a lovely picture of his face, right? That people will say, yeah, I remember that fella. That fella helped me out. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to help somebody else out, right? It's that whole sort of pay it forward idea. I always come back to the word mel, right? If you help me with my harvest, I'll help you with yours. Not to count the cost or not to say, oh, I did this for you, you do this for me now. I demanded you. No, no, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Out of the goodness of our hearts, it's always, it's almost better if we can say to somebody, look, I see what you're doing, do you need a hand with that, than to put them in the position of having to come to ask for that help, right? So if you see somebody saying, oh, I have a gig in London on the 25th of March, right, just retweet it or share it on your Instagram story rather than say, having them say to you, look, at you know, uh, ticket sales are slow, would you mind retweeting that and picking up a couple of tickets, right? Be the person who supports those around you. Be the, the person who supports the community around you. So if you see somebody doing something, you may not be able to go yourself, you may not have the money to buy the ticket, but at least you can share these things and you can spread them around, right? Because even in that, there's a great, a great sense of joy and comfort in knowing that other people are thinking about us and just that they support us at all, just that they think that we're good people who for doing the kind of things that we're doing and for trying to make the contributions that we're trying to make to our, our communities. Lads, I will leave you with that. That's going to be the only podcast on this feed this week. Uh, so the Global Gale will be back again after New Year, as will the Irish and Sweden podcast, as will the Premier Swedes podcast as well. So all the Swedish lads are playing in the Premier League. The goal is to 
to get all of them and we're lining them up now lads there's a few due to come into the studio here in january and of course the our man in stockholm podcast which covers all things related to media and news there will be a few podcasts coming up in the new year there as well enjoy the rest of the time off with family and friends Eat everything you see. Uh, drink, but not to the point where it makes you feel ill, right? Uh, wrap yourself in those blankets of love and comfort and kindness. If you are at home, enjoy every minute that's there. If you are away from home, I hope that you're you're happy wherever you are, that you're having a peaceful time but with your nearest and dearest. I will be back again with another episode of The Global Gale in the very near future. Until then, look after yourselves, look after one another, and I'll talk to you soon.